Have your Bibles turn to Luke chapter 18 tonight. Luke chapter 18 this, this evening. I'm going to read the first eight verses and I'm going to give you the thought tonight. And I'm thinking this thought, I'm going to carry it over to the next two or three Wednesday nights. Uh, the thought of prayer. The thought of prayer. Luke chapter 18, verse number 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying there was a... There, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in the, that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of my adversary. And he would, and he would not for a while, but afterward she, he, he said within himself, I thought I fear not God, nor regard man. Yet because this woman troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said and shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him though he beareth long with them I tell you that he will avenge them speedily nevertheless when the son of man cometh shall he find faith on the earth let us pray father we just thank you tonight for all the grace and mercy you've shown us Father. and we just ask you to touch us hearts and Lord, touch those who are sick tonight lord uh, uh, put your healing hand upon them help them lord we just praise you what you do in jesus name we do pray amen i'm talking about one of the basic most underutilized parts of the christian life and that is prayer it's one of the most elementary building blocks in being a child of god it seems like uh, that it's the one of the most neglected part in the christian walk today I know that I'm not where I should be in the area of prayer in my life. Uh, our Lord was a man of prayer. When you read about His life you, in the chapters within the Bible, you, you'll find that He was always getting away from people. He always got away from people and went and talked to His Father. You'll find that He was so, so extreme about His prayers that He would pray all night long. I found that when you are about to make a big decision in your life, when you're about to make a big move in your life or in your ministry, I find that it's best to spend time in prayer with the Father. I find that there's some, some things uh, that we need to get a hold of before any move is made in our life. You must have a word from God and a verse from God telling you. And you must have God to speak to your heart concerning your life. And let God direct you. You say, that's real basic. I know, but it seems like so many Christians overlook this basic part of the Christian life of prayer. And, and the reason why so many Christians' life uh, seems to run down the end of the road and hit a brick wall right with their head and keep banging their heads against the wall is they don't seek the face of God in prayer before they make a life-changing decision. They just dive off, jump in, and never consulting or considering the fact that God in prayer to make a decision. I, I want to give you this thought tonight, praying with persistence. Just continually praying in your prayers until God gets fed up and gives you an answer one way or another. That's what we find here. He's either going to say yes or he's going to say no, but he's not going to give you an answer unless you continually pray. I think one of the biggest hindrances in our prayer life is we don't have any stamina in our prayer life. There's no persistent 
in our prayer life. It's a little quick prayer. And if God doesn't do anything one way or another immediately, then we ask, well, it's just no use in asking Him in prayer again for it. We'll just leave it alone. But if anything that kids, having kids, will teach you how to get an answer is, Dad, 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 what? They, 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 know, they know how to get an answer. And our father is the same way. Father, 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 what? You need to get an answer. It's the same way if the kids could teach you anything. It's how to be persistent in trying to get an answer from the father. I, I love what some of the old saints said about prayer. And I, I, I've got it written in the back of my Bible. What some of the old saints said about prayer. Prayer breaks heavy chains. Prayers burden the heart of Christ. Prayers can bring a Holy Ghost conviction. Prayers are the shield of the soul. It is a scourge to Satan and a sacrifice to the Savior. When the people of God pray, Satan gets vicious, but the saints get victory and sinners get visited. When prayers go up and Power comes down, saints go out, and sinners come in. I, I say amen to every one of those. I believe that wholeheartedly. They know what it was. They knew what it was like to be a, 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 a prayer warrior. What a sin indictment against the church. One of the greatest sins and indictment against the church today is in the hour that we live in that we no longer pray. We no longer burden our Self at the altar. If any, listen, if anything happens in this church, if anything's going to happen in your life, anything's going to happen in my life, and anything's going to happen in the church, don't ever forget that it's going to start with prayer. Amen. Lives being changed, people getting saved is a result of people praying at the altar. Don't get to thinking that God didn't do anything and you did. God will show you that He done what He's done. I, I love it when God shows up around here because all the awesome singings we have and singers we have, I, I thank God for some great singing. But don't think it's because the good preaching that we've had around here, it's not that. It's because there have been people that are praying the things to happen for God to move in this church. That's what happened in the revival. We were praying that God would move and God move and we see the movement of God. It was a result of people praying for the revival. I'm solely here because of prayers. I am, I'm telling you. I, I got in my car on that morning. I was heading out of Florida and I seen Florida in my rear view mirror and I said, Lord, I don't ever want to go through what I went through down at that church again. I came up here with a mindset I was going to visit church, cause problems, and go home and sit down and relax. I, I said, Lord, I, I just want to visit church. If I want to be used, I can be used. But I just want to uh, be somebody that I can just go in and go out and don't, don't have to pastor anymore. But somehow or another, I wound up here. And I found out that y'all were praying for a pastor. And God works in mysterious ways. 
It's because of prayer. The only thing, the only reason things happen in your life and my life and around the church is because people actually get down on their knees and pray to God. And I'm not talking about some little little wimp noodle prayer. I'm talking about getting serious, get a burden, get a, a heart for God to pray. That's what happens. In this text, I want to show you some things and we'll go home. Uh, we see the mind of Christ, Jesus, about prayer in verse 1. And he spake the parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray. Now Jesus' mind about prayer is this, men ought to always pray. We ought to always pray. I, I, I've got a job, Pastor. I, I, I got kids. I got this. I got going on. That's not what he's talking about. He says what this is talking about, there should be a connection between you and God when you get out of that bed. Establish the first thing in the morning that you're talking to God and there's a connection with you and God, not always in prayer, but there is a connection with you and God. He's dealing with that unbroken connection from this world to that world. Prayer should never be a spare tie that you pull out in a case of emergency. Prayer should be something that is a constant line from the time you get up out of the bed in the morning to the time you lay your head down at night. Prayer should be a constant line with God. There should be already be a direct connection that you have hooked up in the morning when you get out of bed. Saying, Lord, I am not going through this day without you. I'm not going to go out in that world without you. Lord, I've done, want to, I don't want to make a wrong move without you. Uh, Lord, guide my steps, guard my thoughts, and, and Lord, order my words. I want you in every part of my life during this day, Lord. That should be your prayer every morning you get out of bed. You realize a lot of prayers said, unsaid, verbally. I've gone down the road and I've been praying a lot here lately. And I don't have to say a word. There, there's times that I've been in a car and driving and I'd be just carrying on talking to the Lord and people behind me think I'm crazy because I'm just talking to the Lord. I, and there's sometimes uh, uh, the prayers uh, get answered without you saying an audible word. Never making a sound. You wake up at nighttime and and Lord wakes you up. You don't have to get down to your knees. You just lay there and say, Lord, here I am. What is it I need? It's just that unaudible sound, that prayer connection. Man ought to always pray. I read a story about this young Christian. In the late 1800s, this prayer warrior, there was an evangelist, he was a prayer warrior. And people just loved to listen to him praying. And he they, they, evangelized and he preached. And, and this young Christian wanted to know exactly how did this man, how did he, uh, 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 what was his prayer technique? What was it like to pray like that man? So uh, the, uh, the evangelist was out that day and that Christian got, got up there and went to his room and hid off in his room waiting for that evangelist to come back. And he wanted to hear the, that evangelist pray. And that evangelist came in his room. Uh, he started getting things ready and he's looking at him. He's looking at me. And what he was waiting for, he was wanting said he wanted that evangelist to go oh God oh but he didn't get that he didn't get that 
The evangelist kept messing around, and the evangelist laid down, and he went, Good night, Lord. He didn't realize he was talking to God all day long. You, you don't have to have those, uh, I know I've heard people that, Oh, God, you don't have to be like it. We see the mindset of Christ that man ought to always pray. We see the mandate of Jesus about prayer in verse 1. Not only men ought, ought to pray, but watch the mandate. Men ought always to pray and not faint. And not faint. He said if you're going to pray and pray effectively, you can't quit. You can't just give up. When you pray for that loved one that uh, that has uh, gotten worse and getting worse, or that one that's gone astray, and you just can't quit. Uh, God don't answer right now, but you just can't quit. You got to keep praying. You got to keep praying. You're praying about a situation you don't see any answer. Don't give up. Don't faint. And if it doesn't turn out the way you want, keep on praying. Just keep on praying, he's saying. You keep on praying, he said. God has answered me. Just keep on praying. God didn't do it the way I wanted it done. Just keep on praying. Because the mandate from Jesus is don't faint in your prayers. If you think God is not listening, that is a lie hatched right out of hell. He hears, he knows, he's keep, he just keep on praying. We see the mind of Christ of prayer. We see the mandate of Christ. And then we see the message of Jesus on prayer. Jesus preaches a message about prayer, and he does it in a, an illustration from the beginning in verse 2 through 8. The Lord is about to teach men how to pray. And that's what he said. Verse 1, he spake the parable unto them. And to this end, men ought to always to pray and not faint. And Jesus is about to teach men to pray. But he's using a woman to teach him. He uses a woman to teach him. You see who's doing all the praying in this text? It's the widow woman. Jesus is about to teach men how to pray, and he uses a woman for the model on how to pray. Why? There's something about a prayer from a woman that gets God's attention. There's something about a mother's prayer that gets God's attention. I know that Leah, the hated wife of Jacob, she didn't have a child. She was barren. She couldn't have a, nothing. She got to praying and God opened her womb and gave her baby after baby. And at time, that point, that time she named one of them Simeon, saying, which means the Lord had heard me. I know when Moses' mama, Jacobed, goes to pray and God shield her baby in the Nile River and turned around and gave her child right back to her. I know in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 1 when Hannah uh, gets to praying and couldn't have a child, there was a God in heaven uh, that was listening to that woman in that persistent prayer. I know Martha and Mary was praying for a lost brother. And they got a prayer to talking to the Lord. And it bothered him so much that he wept and raised the brother from the dead. 
There's something about a woman praying. I know Mary Magdalene, the heart was broken. She was at the tomb weeping outside. And Jesus puts heaven on hold. He has not ascended back to heaven and deals with a woman's broken heart. I know that. There's nothing more dangerous than a woman that's plugged into God praying. And I tell you what, I'd rather have women praying for me than praying against me. I'm telling you that. I I know some women that pray, and when they pray, God moves on them. I know there's time that women can pray and get to God when a man cannot. Why? Because there's something special about a woman praying. There's something about the persistence prayer of a woman that the Lord wants to show us. Let me give you three quick things about the persistence of prayer. First, we see the people in, in this story. They're the characters in this persistence of prayer. There's the judge, there's the widow woman, and there's the adversary. I like the way Jesus does it. All three of these represent something. The judge is the picture of the Lord. The widow woman is the picture of the God's people. And the adversary is a picture of the devil. I love the way he shows these things. He uses these things to do that. He find, here we find the judge in the picture of the Lord. We, here we find the Bible said that he doesn't regard man. God doesn't hold man in high esteem. There's no big eye and little eye. There's no big you and little you. Uh, and the respect of a person and thing. I like what the Bible said about this judge in verse number 5. Yet because the widow troubled me, I will avenge her, lest by her continually coming she wearies me. I want to say something to you right here. According to this text, if this judge is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is, listen to me. He changes his mind based on the persistent prayer. I've heard people say prayer has never changed anything. Prayer has never only changes us. It doesn't change God. That's not in the Bible. There are times that when Moses prayed, God changed his mind. There was time Hezekiah changed and God changed his mind. It's a picture right here when God's people pray in the right way. There's times God will change his mind. What a thought about that. The God of heaven will look down on some little speck like me and change his mind. Can you, can, you get, can you get this picture of this widow woman and this judge? He gets up in the morning, he's got his cup of coffee, and he gets ready to stop at the door, and here she is. Judge! Judge! I need avenge! I need avenge, judge! He says, I can't do that right now. He goes to work, he's there, and she's on his window outside. Going home, there she is, he's knocking on the door. He finally says, hey, I've got to do something about this woman. She's always nagging me. She's on me. She's just not letting me go. She's going to weary me. I've got to do something. Amen. Abraham says, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Yes, he will. You can count on this. There is a God in heaven that is arbitrating for correctly. I'd rather have him arbitrating for me than anybody else. 
I have an inside track on this under the Father in heaven and it's the judge I have an inside track uh, Jesus is my arbitrator Jesus is the righteous one he's making intercession for me now I've got an inside track I know this woman is on him the judge is a picture of Jesus Christ the Father we see this woman this woman won't let it go she's not letting it go have you ever dealt with an angry woman Mm. I want to show you the picture of this thing. This is a blessing to me. It's the biggest, the biggest problem with every woman in here. Biggest problem with every woman in here. Dates all the way back to Eve. Is this. Eve was talking to somebody she should have not have been talking to about something she had no business talking about. It goes all the way back to that. But I find that in this story, one of the great drawbacks is that this that women talk. Yeah, you know, women. You know, <laughs> let's do it. Let me get it over. I'm gonna dug a hole now. I'll get it into it. Get into it now. The biggest drawback about women is the mouth, but yet in this text, God uses that to get the attention, to get the prayer answered. He's, she's all wrong. And that's, that, that's why he's using a woman, because a woman has been, is able to get, talk about it and keep talking about it, keep talking about it, keep talking about it. That's what we need, somebody that's willing to come to the Father and get down on their knees and just say, Father, I'm coming to you. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to turn around. I'm going to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming till I get an answer. One way or the other, I'm not going to give up till I get an answer from you, Father. Men say, well, Lord, not going to do it I guess I'll quit asking for it won't do it no more we see this woman is persistent in her prayer it's just like when you go home honey how was your day it was good how was your supper it's all right you asked your wife how was your day well I was cleaning this, and I broke a nail over there, and I stumped to somebody. I'm not being rude or trying to be mad. I'm just telling you, it is the truth. That's the way it is. It is the truth. God made us that way. God, I need to hear from you. God, I need a touch from you. Lord, I need you to do something one way or the other. Just give me some grace about this. I need something tonight. The Lord uses the woman to teach all of us something about prayer tonight. Be persistent. Don't give up. Don't faint. Keep going. Don't give up. When, even when it looks like no answer is going to come, just keep being persistent in it. We see the picture, the judge. We see this woman. We see the adversary. That's what he says in verse number three. Avenge me of my adversary. You know what the name of Satan means? It means adversary. 
Here we find this is a picture of this woman has gotten some problems with the devil. The devil is plaguing her life, the, the problems of life, and she's issuing issues of her life. So she runs to the right place with her problems. Listen, if you don't handle your problems by yourself, and you cannot, you need to take them to the right place who can handle your problems. You're no match for the devil. You're no match for how smart he is. You're no, how, no match for how crafty he is. It's just like taking uh, to the Lord tonight and get letting God take it. We see the people of prayer. The problem of persistent prayer, this woman has an adversary. She's got an issue, but you know what she does? Problems drive her to the right place. It drives her to the right place. Generally, what is, drives us to pray and pray more fervently, and I'll be honest with you, in my prayer letter, there's always an upbeat in my prayer when I have a problem. I don't know about you. There's, a, there's always an upbeat in my prayer life when I'm praying for someone close to me that's got issues. There's an upbeat in my prayer. That's the, that's the way I am, man. But she's been praying. She's got no results. She's taken her problems to the right place. Even though she don't see the results for a long time. I, I, I know some uh, uh, highway patrolmen down in Florida. And one of, several of them I know would go to church. One of them wasn't even a preacher. And he, he was... Hadn't to go to church. He was going to go to church that Sunday. He was going to preach that Sunday, but it got called. He had to go to work. He couldn't preach. He got all mad and all upset about it. He, I mean, he's, he just flew off the handle, and he's driving around. He's just, I, I, I wanted to go to church. He wanted to go to church, and he wanted to do it too, but he had to go to work. And he was sitting there, and a lady comes flying by doing 65 mile an hour in a 45 mile an hour zone. And he's already mad. He flips on them lights. He traces it down, and he just grabs that and Pulls her over and got her blue light and runs up to the window and she he rolls her she rolls her window down and she just starts frailing at him. He's mad. She just browbeating him, just screaming and yelling at him, and it just kept going on, come on. Finally, he got his license and her restoration insurance. Went back to his car and he says, "Anybody needs a ticket? She needs a ticket." And he was getting ready to write that ticket down. He got ready to put that pen on that ticket pad. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, don't you write that ticket. He got ready to do it again. All of a sudden, don't you write that ticket. He says, Lord, if anybody deserves a ticket, that woman does. She's berated me. She's just yelled at me. She's called me everything in the book. If anybody needs a ticket, she needs a ticket. About that time, you write to go put the pen on it. The tablet fill over onto the other side down in the crack and when he went to get it he almost broke his rib to do it. He said, all right, Lord. So he takes her ticket, uh, her uh, license and restoration insurance back to her. She rolled her window down. He had it like that and she grabbed him. He wouldn't let go of it. He says, ma'am, if anybody needs to deserve the ticket, you do. About that time she started crying. Wailing and crying. He said, ma'am, ain't no need to cry about it. I told you I'm not going to give you a ticket. Ain't no need to cry about it. He says, you don't understand. You don't understand. He said, I'm going to the Auburn University to clean out my daughter's dorm room. She just passed away of cancer. Six months ago, 
My husband couldn't deal with our daughter dying of terminal cancer. Killed himself. So you don't know what I've been going through. He said at that time, at that moment, he knew, he said, Lord, you put me here for a reason. I might have missed church, but I'm still doing your work right here. He was a blessing to her, and she was a blessing to him. Because he prayed, Lord, if there's anybody I can help, put them in my path. Amen. That should be our prayer. Lord, if there's anybody I can help, put them in my path. Now, now you might not like the way she got to you or he, she got to him, but if you open your eyes, God will let you. If you be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, God will direct you what you need to do with that person. We see the product of persistent prayer. The product here in the text, God hears, he answers. Look at verse number 7. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he, he bear along with them? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. It doesn't mean it gets done quickly. When he starts the avenging, it will be done quick. Someone said the wheels of just God's justice turn slowly. Yeah, it does. Sometimes it's not going to happen. Sometimes it's not going to happen overnight. But the product is well worth the wait. It's well worth the wait. I have never regretted, regretted praying. Now, I've got a lot of regrets in my life, but I've never regretted praying I've seen results of prayer I've seen life's change because of prayer just keep praying just keep praying F.B. Meyer was a preacher in the 1800's the greatest tragedy of life is not he said the greatest tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer but unoffered prayer he was on a ship, and while he was on the ship, they asked him if he would preach on the ship on the merits of prayer. He said, yeah. So they was gathered in the, the room there, and there's a bunch of people there, and in the midst of all those people sitting there, it was an agnostic. So up he Myers preaching on the merits of prayer. And he got preaching, he'd done preaching, and one of the guys asked this agnostic, says, what do you think about that? He said, I don't think much about it, don't believe it. I don't believe the way he believes. I don't believe the way you believe. I don't think much about it. So he went on back to his room. He, he, they asked F.B. Meyer, would he preach again that night? He said, yeah. So this guy, this agnostic in his room said, you know what? I think I'll go back just to see what goes on. As he got ready to leave his room, he grabbed two oranges and put them in his pocket. said, I'll eat them while I'm sitting there. As he was walking to that place, he walked down to the deck and walked down the deck going to the, that room. And there was this woman sitting in a chair on the deck sleep like this so he thought it'd be a joke he took them two oranges out and put them in her hands and went on to the listen to the message so he went on to hear that message and he said I ain't changed my mind he come back out and there's this woman eating one of the oranges he goes over and says I got her now I got her now he says well, how do you like him oranges he says my father Knows what I need when I need it, and he always provides. He said, <laughs> your father didn't do it. I put those oranges in your hands. She said, oh, no, you didn't. 
No, no, you didn't. You don't understand. I was praying here. My stomach was upset. I couldn't move, couldn't do anything. But I said, Lord, I sure could use an orange. And she said, I was praying so hard that I just fell off to sleep. Not only did God give me one orange, he gave me two oranges. It said the next morning that agnostic went back to the prayer of F.B. Myers and got saved. Because he's seen the results of prayer. You know, we, we could be the same way if we could see the results of prayer in our life that we can trust and believe and know God answers. I, I've seen it time and time before. I've seen what God can do when people get together and pray. When people decide, I'm going to pray with this. I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to pray about that situation. I'm going to pray for my lost one and I'm going to be persistent. I'm not giving up. I'm not going to faint. I'm not going to quit. I'm just going to keep on praying. See, that's what God wants. He wants persistent prayers. Don't ever give up. Don't quit. Keep praying. Keep praying. Don't stop. You may not look like the answer is coming today. It might not look like the answer is coming tomorrow. But I guarantee you the answer is coming. It is coming. So let's don't quit praying. Let's be persistent in our prayer. And this woman has taught us how to pray. Constantly be persistent in prayer. Amen.